<laughs> yeah, man, Benny was a fool. Hey, shot. What's up, everybody? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I see you already. Uh, let me get into the disclaimer real quick. If I could find it. All right, all right. So, yeah, welcome back to another episode of the Morning Star Show featuring me, Super Sly 75. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to our super producer, Cindy Ashby. Uh, you can always visit us on www.onthewakeofradio.com. Uh, all shows are live. It's basically 24, it's radio 24 7. So, you know how back in the day, how radio, well, Terrestrial radio is always on all the time. Same thing applies here. It's internet radio, uh, 24-7. So um, visit us always on, on www.onthewakeofradio.com. Uh, you can always catch the replays on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, and uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play for the replays. <clears throat> I don't think I'm taking calls tonight. Uh, if I change my mind, I'll... I'll throw the number out there. <clears throat> uh, you can always find me on uh, YouTube on the Super Slot 75. The backup channel is Heavily Flawed Individual. So I got four breakdowns tonight I think that everybody will enjoy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of stoked. Shout out to everybody that's in the chat. Zakiba, uh, Jab Legacy, uh, Bizzalism, Gabby the Sims Builder. Please add the Running Man to your list. It is, but you have no idea how long my list of movies is, and there's always something to add, so uh, it's going to bear with me. Uh, Leah Devon, hey, Candice, the one. Uh, good evening, good evening, Edward, Ike, Lord Vell, Ms. Naya, Sly, I'm calling in. You... <laughs> oh, okay, Ms. Naya. <laughs> Yeah, if I if I get done early, I'll take uh, I'll take calls. So let's get into our first breakdown. One of my all time favorites as a child growing up. Actually, my cousin. Shout out to my cousin Stinky, aka Greg. He had introduced me to this movie way back in the day. I never heard of this movie, so if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have known about this movie. Pumpkinhead, Pumpkinhead, nineteen eighty eight. Keep it I think I'm going to need you to change your header to the ghost of Noya. You think I'm playing? I thought about the ghost of Noya all night last night. <laughs> um, so, yes, Pumpkinhead 1988, directed by Stan Winston. Um, if you are a fan of Aliens, then you know why Aliens, the Xenomorph, and Pumpkinhead have similar physical traits. They were created by the same um, costume uh, creator, designer, monster creator the the great stan winston um so yes this stars lance henriksen everybody's favorite go-to bad guy he also was in the aliens um movies as well so okay here we go let's get into it 1957 tom and ellie refused to help a man in need apparently the man had killed a girl and pumpkin head is after him so he's knocking on their door please help 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 no one interferes with Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead come do work. You stay out of Pumpkinhead's way, okay? Pumpkinhead then kills the man. The son watches Pumpkinhead. He actually sees Pumpkinhead, 
Okay, and in this lore, it's a bad thing to actually witness Pumpkinhead in the flesh. So the young son at the time was Ed Hardy. Ed Harley. Present day, Ed is grown with his own family. He has a little boy. His name is Billy. Billy has these little Coke bottle glasses, blonde hair. We don't know what happened to the mother. We assume the mother died early on. So it's just father and son, okay? The little boy... um, Gives his, uh, gives Ed his father a necklace, so this would be key towards the end. All right, so then they run a uh, a day store, right? So then it's out in the woods in the wilderness, whatever the case may be. So a, a group of uh, adult teens are headed to some cabins in the area. They stop at the store, right? They stop at Ed's store, and then they meet um, uh, little Billy. One of the uh, adults makes fun of Billy's Coke bottle glasses. Okay. So you already see where this is going. There's a joke about Pumpkinhead used to scare little children into acting correctly because Mr. Wallace comes into da- and comes into town for feed, and his kids they're like they're like poor white trash kids, and they're all making jokes about the Pumpkinhead uh, story. Okay, so then two of the brothers of the adult teens hop on dirt bikes. So they're racing around a dirt bike near the store. Near Ed's store with Billy and this dog. Okay? So then the father leaves the son at the store to go give monies owed to Mr. Wallace because he forgot to bring the money. The dog runs out of the store. Billy goes to run to catch the dog. Billy gets hit in the chest by one of the dirt bike motorcycles. Okay? So Billy's knocked the fuck out. Right? Billy's like, Billy's all fucked up. So then the teen, uh, the, 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 the teen adults panic. They flee the store. They leave the boy's body. One person stays behind. One of the boys stays behind Billy's body. Now, initially, I thought he was dead. I thought Billy was dead because I'm like, ain't no coming back from it. He got hit in the chest with a motorcycle. <laughs> right? So then the father returns. Ed returns. He's looking for Billy. He discovers the scene. Uh, the one, the one boy that stayed with him said, "Hey, man, it was an accident. Whatever the case may be." So then, as he picks Billy up, you realize Billy's not dead. I'm, okay, I'm like, okay, that's great. Take him to the hospital. No, country people don't take their chil- children to the hospital. They take him to the house. <laughs> he takes Billy's body home, right? Then the teens go to the cabin. They speed to the cabins, right? Uh, Joel, the one who killed Billy, is already on probation and beats up one of his friends and holds the car keys hostage. Billy, before he dies, with his last breath, he says, Daddy. And then he dies in Ed's arms. Billy, uh, Ed then takes his body to the old woman, Haggis. Because he's he's asking all his, his neighbors... I need to find the old woman because the old woman knows about Pumpkinhead, right? So then Haggis tells Ed raising the dead ain't ain't in her power. Ed tells Haggis he wants to summon Pumpkinhead. She leaves Billy's body with Haggis. He goes up to the old path to go dig up Pumpkinhead's body. Because at this point, Pumpkinhead's like a little shriveled up little thing. Okay, so then it grows, but whatever. The teens are then holed up in the cabins. Ed then brings Pumpkinhead's body to Haggis. 
So Pumpkinhead basically is a demon of vengeance. Now I find it funny that, and I'm kind of this is where I kind of deviate a little bit. A lot of church folk or so-called church folk, um, as much as they claim to be hardcore Bible is whatever the case may be, and they believe in angels. I sure get a lot of attention when I talk about demons. For whatever reason, however your viewpoint on demons is, was, whatever the case may be, every time I talk about demons, I get more upticks about demon talk than any subject I've ever encountered on this YouTube thing. So I find it highly ironic that black folk being the most spiritual people on this planet, supposedly, when I talk about demons and shit, I get more upticks, I get more responses, I get more people triggered than anything else. I just find it ironic, that's all. So, let's get into what Pumpkinhead actually is. Pumpkinhead is called the Demon of Vengeance, or simply Vengeance. Okay? Okay, wait, wait, wait. I just want to get into its, its, its thing thing. I don't want to break down too much. Okay, so Pumpkinhead embodies the conjurer's hate, desire for vengeance, and they're unforgiving of their wrongdoers. This makes Pumpkinhead an unforgiving monster who brutally kills people. Uh, he enjoys to the agony he puts his victims through, and sometimes it appears to let its target escape him deliberately, just to draw out his cat and mouse game even longer, just for his victims' suffering and his amusement. As a revenge demon, Pumpkinhead's priority is to make its victim have painful deaths. Pumpkinhead is sadistic and will go, in fact, out of its way to make killings more horrible. Pumpkinhead cannot be distracted from his task, though usually only kills at night for unknown reasons, thus taking breaks in its mission. The demon will not kill random people in its way unless they try to stop it, in which case he has no qualms with murdering them too. All right, so now, the teens are holed up in the cabins. Ed brings Pumpkinhead's body to Haggis. Uh, Haggis then draws the blood from Ed and the dead boy, Billy. She then pours the blood into Pumpkinhead's body, and Pumpkinhead instantly begins to start forming and growing. Okay, and then it comes to life as Ed passes out. So now there's instantly a psychic bond between Pumpkinhead and Ed because of the blood. Blood is what ties us, you know, like the blood of the land, blood of soil. So that's how important the blood is. Okay. As Ed takes Billy's body back home, Ed then imagines Billy waking up and Billy asking, what did you do, daddy? Then he snaps out of it. As Ed buries Billy's uh, body, Pumpkinhead kills his first victim. As Ed is psychically linked to Pumpkinhead and can share Pumpkinhead's vision. So he can see what Pumpkinhead sees every time he goes to kill. Alright? Pumpkinhead's at the cabin and then kills his second, vic his second victim, Becky. Uh, Ed can hear and see her scream as Pumpkinhead tortures Becky by scratching a cross into her face before killing her. Ed then goes to Haggis. He begs Haggis to stop Pumpkinhead from killing. He has a change of heart. Haggis tells Ed there's nothing she can do. Pumpkinhead then kills his third victim, Kim. He drops her from a tree onto a rock. Ed then comes across the bodies of the, of the former victims. The three remaining victims go to a neighbor's for help. 
they come across a woodsman and his dog. The, woods, the woodsman tells them they're marked and he can't help them. Pumpkinhead then shows up. Ed then shoots, uh, shoots at Pumpkinhead, knocking it down with a shotgun. Uh, Joe, the actual person that killed Billy, approaches Pumpkinhead's body, thinking Pumpkinhead is dead. Pumpkinhead then grabs Joe and then impales him on the end of a shotgun. The woodsman's dog then attacks Ed, bites Ed in the arm. And then this is the first time you see uh, Pumpkinhead actually wince in pain. So as Ed's arm's being attacked, you see Pumpkinhead kind of look at his arm and kind of go down on one knee. So that's our first clue as to how you can defeat Pumpkinhead, okay? The remaining two victims show up Mr. Wallace uh, looking for help. Uh, One of Mr. Wallace's sons, Hunt, he wants to see Pumpkinhead for himself. So after they tell the victims, no, we can't help you get away from our house, Hunt sneaks out and says um, he'll take them to a, to a church, a holy ground, where they think they'll be safe. Hunt then explains the story of Pumpkinhead. Uh, the victims then confess to what happened to Ed's son, Billy. Pumpkinhead then shows up at the church. Uh, the victims then run off. Ed then shows up to the Wallaces demanding him help him stop it. Ed is then driven off by the Wallaces. They say, hey, that's not our, that's not our beef. The victims then find a... Oh, shit, wait a minute. What is that? What is that? Okay, I'm sorry. One of the victims finds a dirt bike. So as he gets on the dirt bike, he starts revving it. Pumpkinhead shows up, and Pumpkinhead has the chain. He's waving the chain. And then he picks up the bike with the dude on it and then throws it, right? And then Wallace's son, Hunt, and the last female victim run it to Ed. Pumpkinhead then begins to torture his victim by stepping on his back and then drags him off. Back at Ed's, he's told it was an accident as Ed prepares to try to kill Pumpkinhead with a flamethrower. Okay? Pumpkinhead then shows up with his dead latest victim. Uh, The son, Hunt, is then discovered and then dragged out by Pumpkinhead. Because at this point, Pumpkinhead uh, assumes you're trying to help the victims. So he's he's a marked person as well. So then, as the boy's being dragged out, Ed had accidentally stabbed himself in the shoulder with a pitchfork because he's dragging his flamethrower outside and he stepped on the pitchfork and stabbed himself in the shoulder. Then you see Pumpkinhead once again kind of wince in pain. All right. Tracy, the final victim, attacks Pumpkinhead with a flamethrower to no avail. Ed then runs to his truck to grab a revolver and then shoots himself in an effort to kill himself and Pumpkinhead. So he shoots himself. Pumpkinhead goes down. And then Ed's hand starts moving. So then that means Pumpkinhead's still alive. So then Pumpkinhead grabs Wallace's uh, son, Hunt, as Ed tells Tracy, kill him. He said, tells her to shoot me, kill me. So she shoots him three more times in the chest, killing Ed. And then Pumpkinhead goes down. And then Pumpkinhead's body then bursts into flames. Okay, so after the whole aftermath is over with, Haggis then buries the new version of Pumpkinhead into the pumpkin patch. And it's Ed. And how we know it's Ed because he's wearing the necklace that Billy made for him at the very beginning of the movie. So every time the old Pumpkinhead dies, whoever was so connected to that, to that version it becomes a new version of Pumpkinhead. So um, there's like two or three, three, three Pumpkinhead movies. I'm not going to go through all that shit, but... That was like for me back in 89 when I first seen this. It was very, very interesting. I liked it. 
it, I liked it. I don't know what to tell y'all. Pumpkinhead scared me back. Yo, yo, you watching Pumpkinhead like at 2 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, and then, and then the crazy thing is like when Pumpkinhead shows up, you hear these crickets and shit. Like, so if you live out in the country, you know, you, you, know, you, you hear the cicadas. So every time Pumpkinhead shows up, you hear these cicadas chirping. And they kind of add to the, the whole ambiance of, of the Pumpkinhead showing up. I mean, so yeah, it was, um, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was funny. It was funny to me. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Okay. Now. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Just six minutes in, Billy is dead. Yo. <laughs> yeah, the dog ran out and he ran after the dog and got hit with the, with the dirt bite. So it, that, that was crazy. I'm like, take the boy to the hospital. But you know, country folk. Country folk, they can fix it at home. So, um, that was our first movie breakdown. Now, this second one, I've been receiving a lot of requests for it. I, I finally sat down to watch it literally two nights ago. Um, Idiocracy. This, like the first ten minutes of this movie, holy cow, listen. Wait a minute. <clears throat> bear with me, bear with me, bear with me. Yo, Astro, thank you for the cash app. My man, appreciate it, appreciate it. Okay, so the first 10 minutes of this movie. You can apply the dysfunction to black people, like almost indiscriminately. That's how telling the first 10 minutes of this movie is. I know it makes fun about white folk and poor white trash. I'm watching this and I'm like, this is black people. This is what black people have become. Holy shit. So let's get into it. So there's a monologue. And it and it goes, it says, human evolution is at a crossroads. Natural selection, instead of favoring the best traits, began to favor a different set of traits. Okay? The strongest, fastest, smartest uh, reproduce are supposed to reproduce in the greatest of numbers okay science fiction always portrays humanity as more civilized and more intelligent there's a dumbing down evolution does not always reward intelligence with no natural predators to thin the herd evolution began to reward those who reproduce the most and left the intelligent to become an endangered species. Who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? Okay, so now, there's these two case studies. Now, get that, like I said, <laughs> yeah, these are white folk, but you see black dysfunction in this shit all day long. So let me get into it. The first case study is Trevor and Carol. Trevor has an IQ of 138. Carol has an IQ of 141. They're being interviewed. They says, uh, they're waiting for the right time to have kids. It's something you don't rush into. All right. The second case study, his name is Cleavon. Cleavon has an IQ of 84. His wife, Trish, is pregnant again. He has children named Cleavon Jr., Faith, Brianna, Cletus and Kylie. He asks Trish, I thought you were on the pill. 
Trish says, hell no. These are cunt, these are poor white trash. Right? So then five years later, because this case study is, is, is continuing. Five years later, Trevor and Carol agreed to not have kids with the way the market is trending. Trevor says, it wouldn't make any sense. Back to Cleavon. Trish and Cleavon's girlfriend, Brittany, who is the mother of Trevor, are fighting. They're bickering back and forth. They live next door to each other. Okay? Right? So for all you polygamists, you got the wives living right next door to each other. And they're fighting over Cleavon. And Cleavon's like, what in the fuck? Okay? While the kids are running around on dirt bikes. Okay? Cleavon had a son named Tyrone with Mackenzie. Trish bore another son, Dylan, to Cleavon. Another five years goes by. There's cracks in Carol and Trevor's marriage. These are the smart people, okay? Carol is having difficulty in conceiving and she blames Trevor. Carol wants in vitro and says Trevor has a low sperm count. On the flip side, Cleavon Jr., has an IQ of 78 and is a high school football star. And he's fucking all the cheerleaders. Cleavon Jr. is dealing with Kayla, Caitlin, Rebecca, Gabriella. He has children, Destiny with Kayla, Kaylee with Caitlin, Mason with Rebecca, and, oh no, I'm sorry, Mason and Diego with Gabriella. Okay? You gotta keep track of this shit. It's, it's crazy. Cleavon Sr. got into a boating accident and impaled his crotch. They restored his sexual functions with, through stem cells repair. Cleavon then goes on to have more kids. Cleavon Sr. Courtney with Aaron and with Brandy Antonio. And then with Brittany, there's Jack, Trevor, Seth, and Ariana. Five years later, Trevor died from a heart attack while masturbating for the in vitro process. Carol has frozen her eggs and is waiting for the right guy to come along. We go into a timeline of 80 years from now and Cleavon's bloodline has massively expanded. There's even some, there's even some black women in Cleavon's bloodline. He has some black great grandkids and it, the, the bubble timeline. You have to watch this movie just for the first 15 minutes so you can see Cleavon just... His progeny is, is ridiculous. And they're all retards, okay? <laughs> so that's the case studies, right? This is what has happened to the black community. Certain traits have been favored over others. And you see that with these children. You now have children shooting and killing their parents if they're told to get a job now even though I'm, I'm gonna be honest that's some immigrant shit okay Let, let's let's be honest that story is an immigrant problem but for the most part um the offspring of a lot of these unions is not the best thing for black folks so yes if you're gonna ask me does it there need to be a thinning or a culling are we yes 20 should it happen 20 30 years ago but I'm i'm moving on for the sake of the movie breakdown okay so then we come to 2005. A military librarian is being replaced. His name is Joe Bowers. Uh, there's a, a human 
hibernating program. They want to save the, their best men in their prime. They want to freeze them in their prime and then use them for later use. So the plan is to freeze Joe for a year. Okay, Joe was selected because he was the most average. He had no family, no children, no nothing, no ex-wives, no nothing. They then select a sex worker to pair with Joe. They will be placed in hibernation pods for one year. Okay. The officer in charge, Collins. So they get placed into the pods. They get locked away. The officer in charge of the program, his name is Collins. This fool got arrested for a prostitution ring with um, Rita, her pimp. His name is, uh, what was his name? Oh, shoot. Oh, what was his fucking name, y'all? Upgrade. Upgraded or something. His name was Upgraded. Uh, so in the in the flashback pictures, he's played by Scarface. I believe it's Scarface. But So the officer in charge got popped for prostitution, okay? And the project was forgotten. So over time, humans became dumber and incapable of solving simple problems. There's a garbage avalanche. And then Joe's pod opens up into the apartment of a man watching TV eating cheese. Okay? It's 500 years later. It's 2025. Okay? So then Joe wanders the street looking for help. Um, The human language has dumbed down to hillbilly, valley girl... And inner city slang. It's a hodgepodge of inner city slang, valley girl, and hillbilly. Joe could understand them, but when he spoke, he sounded very pompous to the locals. Now, there's a word they use in this particular movie to describe how you, how someone from uh, from the future was sound to, or from the past was sound to them. It's the f bomb. I can't. I'm not going to say it here, but in this movie, uh, they use that term. Oh, you sound. You sound. Are you a effy? You sound effy. You're talking like an effy. All right. So to them, when you don't speak their proper language, they equate you with that. That's a term of uh, a derogatory term. Okay. It's a crazy, it's crazy. Okay. So then a water fountain shoots out liquid infused electrolytes. We'll get to that in a minute. Joe goes to a diagnostic center. It's March 3rd, 2025. Joe is labeled as TARDED. Joe doesn't have a tattoo for payment. They're like, how are you going to pay for this? You don't have, where's your tattoo? Where's your tattoo? Everything's paid through a tattoo on your, on your arm. Okay? Joe looks outside and then realizes the gravity of the situation. Uh, moviegoers watch a movie about butts. Carl's Jr. So a lady's trying to buy Carl's Jr. for her, for her children. She can't afford to pay. Carl's Jr. calls DCFS on the woman that's un- unable to pay for food. Joe was then arrested for failure to pay his hospital bill and having no UPC tattoo. Joe's public defender, his name is Fritz, is the same guy's apartment that his pod washed into. Okay? Uh, Joe is sentenced. Rita, then, you know, she wakes up out of her pod. Um, She tries to call her pimp and gets money from a would-be John. (laughs) Okay? She doesn't realize time is it's 500 years in, in, into the future, okay? Joe gets a tattoo. His new name is not sure. He takes an IQ test at gunpoint. Joe is then sent to 
the house of particular individuals. That's jail. All right. Joe is then threatened by an inmate. Joe then tells the guard he's to be released as and he's in the wrong line. So that's how this is how dumb this future is. So Joe's like, hey, um, he goes to the guard. He says, hey, you know, I, I, I've already been to prison. Um, I'm in, I need to be released. It's time for me to go. And the dude slaps him and says, you, you retard, you're in the wrong line. So he goes to the freedom line, where the, the release line, okay? So then the other guy goes to look. He says, well, I don't see you here. He says, well, you know, go look around the corner. So then he breaks out of, of jail, literally runs out of jail, okay? There's the masturbation network. Joe goes back to Fritz, his public defender's apartment, and then tells him, there's a t- the attorney tells him there's a time machine. Police didn't show up to the attorney's house. The attorney covers for them. They look for Rita's pod. They find Rita. They get Rita to uh, they get Rita up to speed as they're driving Joe's uh, his barcode is scanned. So they're driving and there's lasers everywhere and his barcode is pretty much scanned and then it alerts the authorities to that particular area. So then the cops show up. They destroy the attorney's vehicle. Of course, they got out and escaped, but they shoot the, they shoot the vehicle up to shit. Okay. They then go to entrance twelve at Costco. Wait a minute. So in this movie, the spelling, you see the level of, of degradation, how they spell words. So they go to entrance 12 at Costco. Entrance is spelled E-T, oh, E-N-T-R-I-N-S, entrance. That's how they spell entrance. Okay. So they go to Costco. It's a mega city. So if you watch uh, the, 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 the new version of Judge Dredd, it's a mega city. That's what Costco has turned into. There's actual buildings uh, sloped against other buildings, okay? And there's homeless people. And so then his attorney says, oh, yeah, I went to law school here. He went to law school in Co- at Costco. Now, here's the, the kicker. So then Joe's looking around. He sees a Starbucks. It says Starbucks, exotic coffee for men. A latte is $200. A hot latte is $2,000. And a full body latte is $50,000. The H&R Block. It says, H&R Block, adult tax return. Home of the gentleman's rebate. There's a Polo Barranco, adult chicken. Bucket of wings with full release. Okay, so as they're they're surveying their surroundings, Joe's uh, barcode is scanned again. It's pinged. And then Costco sends out a massive alert. Joe is then rearrested. Carl's Jr. reports that Joe's IQ is the highest in history. He's given a job as the Secretary of Interior. Joe doesn't want the position. President Camacho, played by Terry Crews, this character is like a is like a combination of. Uh, a former wrestler. Um, yeah, he's he's a former wrestler. Yeah, it's Terry Crews. What I mean, can I need I say more? It's it's Terry fucking Crews. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's the five time SmackDown champion. Joe is then sworn in. Okay. So during this during the during the inauguration or not the, his his inauguration, American Express. Is replaced by American Express. 
Okay? So it's not American. It's Whamerican. It's W-H-I. American Express. They sponsor the swearing in. President Camacho says Joe is going to fix the economy, the dust storms, and burrito shortages, and cure acne, or they're going to throw him back in jail. Joe then picks his counsel. He hires Fritz, the public, his public defender, and then secretly begins to looking for the time machine. So the plan for him, to, the plan is to find the time machine to go back into time, into his, into his real time. Okay. Rita got charged for charging for sex and not putting out. Joe then goes to save Rita and he fakes like they had sex because it's a really big deal for you to take money from a John and not put out in the future. So you can see how heavily sex based with all the stores, like it's a very serious crime for you to take money and not put out. Okay. So then Joe gets Rita up to speed. The crops are watered by Gatorade. It's by Brondo. Water had, was deemed a threat to Brondo's profit margin. Brondo bought the FDA and the FCC to buy and sell only Brondo products. Joe wants to replace Brondo with water. Joe said he could talk to plant. So he, listen, he's trying to explain to them why wa- crops need water. And they're just like, but Brondo has electrolytes. That's all they know. This is the level of their intelligence. So Joe convinces the people. He says, hey, I can talk to plants. The plants said they want water. (laughs) And they go for it. And they believe him. You understand? All right. So then they begin to uh, water the crops with, with water. The electric lights that they keep referring to were salt buildup in the topsoil over decades. It killed the plants which led to the dust bowl. Okay? So then all crops were switched to water. It caused Brondo's stock to plummet, leading to 50% unemployment. Half the population is out of a job overnight because they switched to water. Riots didn't take place. Joe's blamed for this. Okay? Fox News anchors... When they report the news, they're scantily clad. So you got a guy that's shirtless, a buff guy shirtless, and you got a woman that's in the lingerie. Okay? Joe is on trial and sentenced to one night of rehabilitation. The word depiction. So they're, they're showing the artist's rendition of the trial, right? And it always says artist depiction. The word depiction is spelled D-U-P-I-C-S-H-U-N. Okay? Joe tells Rita to tell the people to use water and to use their brains and keep painting because he, he told her she was a painter. She never told him he was, she was a sex worker. All right. Joe has to defeat two monster trucks. These monster trucks have giant penises uh, devices attached to them. Like I said, sex uh, the male phallus is a very important theme, underlying theme in this movie. So one monster truck has a uh, has a pulsating dildo, right? The other monster truck has a spiraling dildo, right? Joe's car, the car that he has to drive, has like a little purple 
penis attached to the hood, like this little flaccid penis-looking device attached to the hood, okay? Rita then looks outside the White House and notices flowers have bloomed. So Joe's plan worked. It just took a little time. She races to save Joe from rehabilitation night. The crops have bloomed everywhere. Rita then shows President Camacho the flowers. He doesn't believe it. Joe manages to get both monster trucks to destroy each other. Joe has to face Beef Supreme with a flamethrower. All right. Rita then hires a cameraman to accompany Fritz to broadcast proof of the water crops. Joe makes an impassioned speech to put water on the crops. The cameraman and then uh, Fritz, the public defender, get into a fight and finally broadcast the sprouting crops. Joe is then saved. Okay. Rita then tells Joe she doesn't want to go to the, to the time machine. She's going to be the CEO of Starbucks. President Camacho makes Joe his vice president. Joe then decides to stay to help fix the country's problems. The time machine isn't a time machine. It's a carnival ride. A carna- and it's spelled M-A-C-H-E-E-N. Joe becomes president. Rita becomes the first lady. They have three of the smartest kids in the world. Frito, the public defender, is vice president. He takes eight wives and has 32 of the dumbest kids. Idiocracy, people. Idiocracy. Gasp. All through this, I, I'm sitting. I, listen, all through this movie, I'm just like, this is black people. This is black people all day, every day. Do you know how many people? Listen, hey, hey, no, 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 real shit. I had a bunch of people like, yo, Sly, you need to check that movie out. Check the movie out. You need to really see this movie. I had a lot of requests for this movie. I was just not really trying to, you know what I'm saying? They really get into it like, wow, wow, right? Okay, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so I don't got Running Man, but I got something better. Total Recall. <coughs> my next breakdown, Total Recall. But before that, <coughs> let me get into my little spiel. <coughs> you are now watching the Morning Star Show featuring Superstar 75. Uh, on the Wake Up Radio, visit us on www.onthewakeupradio.com. All shows are always live, 24-7, 365. Uh, catch the replays on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, and Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play for replays. Um, if I get through these early enough, I will open phone lines. But for now, let me just let me go ahead and cook these movies real quick. Total Recall. Um, yeah. Yeah, we have to do this one. I had to do this one. It's a lot of underlying stuff in this. Because, you know, the whole Mars thing. Because look, look, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they're trying to go to Mars. Okay, that's, 
pretty much. Like, everyone's like, oh, um, these portals, yeah, they're trying to get the fuck up out of here. And Mars um, is, from what we gather, is their best shot. Okay? So I'll, I'll get into the whole Mars thing in a minute. So, hell no, not the Colin Farrell version, brother. No, the Arnold Schwarzenegger version. The only one that matters, brother. Arnold. All right, all right, all right. Wait, wait. All day. I was listening to you on Spotify in the public's truck going. Go, That's what's up. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. All right. So, here we go. Doug has a bad dream about Mars. When he falls off a rock ledge, his helmet cracks open and he begins to suffocate and his head begins to expand and his eyes bug out, bulge out of his head. Okay. Lori, his then why his wife wakes up and, and, and she, she asks him, what about the woman that was with him in a dream? Because he has this recurring dream all the time. <laughs> on the news, terrorists on Mars demand a halt to the mining of turbinium. Quanto and Freedom Brigade took credit for the attack on the pyramid mines. They're trying to reopen the pyramid mines. Mars military steps in, squashes the, the revolt. Doug tells Lori he wants to move to Mars. Mars is locked in an upheaval because of the mining of turbinium, but the mutants, the natives that claim the planet, are the problem. Okay? The rumor is the pyramid mines have been closed due to the discovery of ancient technology. Ancient alien technology. Now, remember a few years ago, we got the image of the face on Mars, and then we got the report saying they found um, waterways on Mars. Now, if you believe Delbert Blair and Bobby Hammond and all the greats, so the word was the original people of Mars left Mars, came to Earth for whatever reason, okay? That's always been like the narrative I've always grown up with and I've always been told that the original inhabitants of Mars left Mars and came here to Earth. Okay? Now you have a subsect of people that wish to leave this planet to go back to Mars. Okay? That's right now is, is the, the narrative. Okay? <clears throat> uh, let me see. Okay. So then Doug tells Lori he feels like he's destined for more out of life. Doug goes to work the next day. Uh, he walks through an x-ray machine. Uh, Doug sees an ad for recall. You buy the memories of any adventure you want. And then you see butterflies at the end of the commercial. Doug is a construction worker. Okay. He then asks his buddy Harry about recall. Harry tells him, don't do it. It'll mess with your brain. Doug then goes in to recall anyway for a consultation. Okay. The receptionist. Okay, look. Listen, I don't want to, I, I don't get into the gender thing. But listen, this movie is from 1988. Well, no, no, wait, wait. Is it 88? Nope. Don't, don't give me a line. Let me look it up for, so I can tell y'all exactly what year this movie came out. Do not get me to lying. Anthony Banks, thank you for the cash app, bro. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, total recall. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't give me the line. 
1990. Okay, wait, 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 wait. 1990. You have a black woman, a black female receptionist, with a head full of weave, and she's changing her fingernails with the pen. This was 1990. And already, you putting seeds in people's heads about certain stereotypes about a certain race of woman. So all she does is just sit there and change the color of her nails with the pen. Okay? Jesus Christ. I can't make this shit up. <laughs> hey, where's my man? Curious. But that's my man. That's my man's. That's my man's. Okay, so Doug wants a memory of Mars specifically. He, he asks for two weeks of memories for 899 credits. The salesman offers Doug the secret agent option uh, on a mission for an extra 300 credits. Okay. Doug then selects his woman type. His woman type is sleazy, demure, brunette. She's, she ends up being a Latina. The woman he ends up selecting becomes is, is a Latina. Make it that what you will with this description. Does this not sound like a Latina to me? But I, hey, what do I know? Doug then has a schizophrenic embolism. Doug is having a fit and is trying to, is trying to be restrained. He's screaming. His cover has been blown. He's then tranquilized multiple, multiple times. The doctor tells the salesman they haven't even implanted any memories into him yet. Or the secret program hasn't been implemented. So he freaked out already before they even touched him. Somebody has erased his memory. So the salesman tells the doctor, destroy his file, wipe his memory, and dump him into a cab and get him out of here. Okay? So then he's placed into a Johnny cab. Johnny cab is an automated self-driving cab. Okay? He makes it back home and is greeted by Harry. And is then kidnapped. Harry yells at him saying, you blabbed about Mars. Doug fights free and then kills two of the men and then knocks everybody out. Doug then goes home and tells Lori, Harry tried to kill him. She, get, she gets mad that he went to recall. She's trying to play it off, right? But there's always these lingering shots of, of her looking self, like really doubtful. Like, you know something's already up, okay? All right. So then Lori calls uh, Richter and then begins shooting at Doug. It's dark and Lori is revealed as the shooter. She then engages in the infamous hand-to-hand combat scene with, with, uh, with, with Doug, okay? She says he's, he's not, she's not his wife. Their marriage was an implant. She's been assigned to him for only four weeks. The agency implemented all of his memories. The job is real, but the, and the agency gave him the job. They erased his memory and implanted new ones. She was written in to watch him make sure the erasure took place. You understand? Lori tells, she tries to stall until Richter shows up. He knocks her out and then tries to escape through the subway. Richter and Lori then share a passionate kiss because that's his woman, but she's on assignment. Okay? Richter, played by the great, great Michael Ironside um, for all my 80s babies, if you, you grew up in the 80s, you knew who Michael Ironside was. He's always playing the bad guy. He's always the badass bad guy. All right? So then Doug is now referred to as Quaid. So he's running 
through the x-ray machine and the, the, the pistol shows in his jacket. All right. And then because you see the skeleton, all you see is the skeleton and then the firearm. The, the guards are alerted. So then you see the other guards come into the x-ray machine. You see everybody's skeletons and he breaks through the machine. He breaks through the, through the screen. Okay. There's a shootout. Quaid, Doug, then escapes. Velos, the head of the, uh, the mining company that mines the Tribidium. He basically runs Mars. All right. He wants Quaid alive and back with Lori. Quaid has a tracker inside of his brain. Quaid gets a call uh, with instructions to muffle the signal and the tracker in his, in, his, in his brain, right? He wraps his head like a turban. So he looks like a white Arab. He wraps his head like a turban. A white Arab, okay? Quaid gets a suitcase and gets into a Johnny cab. Quaid then goes through the suitcase. There's money. There's an ID uh, for pyramid mines. And there's a hologram projector. His former self leaves him a message for his new self. This guy is Hauser. Okay, it's Arnold's face and all that, but his name is Hauser. The original uh, uh, inhabitant of the body name is Hauser. Hauser tells... Quaid, he was former Mars intelligence. He, t- he gives him the self-guiding protect- uh, protractor. He says, use this protractor to remove the tracking device. And then, of course, he, the scene, he sticks up his nose and pulls the, the, the huge, the big-ass tracking device out of his nose. Okay? Quaid then goes to Mars disguised as a woman. His disguise malfunctions. The infamous, yeah, well, not infamous, but the great scene where the head splits open and reveals Quaid underneath. Right, and then he throws the head at the security guards, and the head explodes. Okay, so then Richter shoots uh, the pressurized glass, causing people to be sucked out into Mars's atmosphere. Okay, Quaid then escapes. Cohagen, uh, Velos, Cohagen, uh, raised the price of air. Velos, Copenhagen raised the price of air. Quaid runs into a former pyramid worker, pyramid mine worker that tells Quaid there's alien tech in the mines. Velos then berates Richter. Quado wants the info in Quaid's head. Quado is the leader of the resistance, right? No one knows who Quado is, but they know Quado is there. He's always around, okay? He's the leader, right? Quado is psychic. Quaid goes to the Hilton and gets a room and a safety deposit box with a note to, to, for him to go see Molina. Quaid then meets Benny. You, you know Benny. I got five <laughs> I got five mouths to feed. Okay? He meets Benny. There's an explosion and a shootout. The rebels are attacking and then they drive away. Okay? Quaid meets. He goes to the, to the, uh, to the Hilton. He meets a half-deformed psychic girl that reads his zodiac sign. So this... So initially he meets the mother. The mother, her face, half her face is chewed up. And she's like, you want your you know, fortune read? I can, you know, I can read your palm, blah, 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 blah. He's like, no, nah, no, thanks, no, thanks. So the little girl runs up, the, her, her daughter, head half split open. She says, hey, mister, I, can, I bet you I can guess your zodiac sign. And he says, well, what is it? And she tells her what his, what his sign was, and he gives her money. And then she runs off, and that's how you know that's her mother, Okay. Okay, 
So Quaid asks, well, how did the freaks become this way? He said, because due to cheap domes and no clean air. While looking for Melina, he meets Mary. Everyone knows this part of the movie. Mary has three breasts. She has three breasts. <laughs> Melina then refers to Quaid as Hauser. He finally meets he finally meets Melina. They go off to her room. She calls him Hauser. Melina then slaps Quaid for not contacting her. They had a relationship. He doesn't remember Melina. Okay. All phone calls are made video via video. Okay. So all the FaceTime, um, duo. Uh, you know, WhatsApp, all video calls are made via uh, chat, okay? Copenhagen stole Hauser's original memory, so we thought, so we think. She kicks him out of her room. Benny then takes Quaid back to the Hilton. Cohagen declares martial law on Mars to protect mineral imports. Doug then goes to Quaid's room and tells him uh, none of this is real and that he's back in recall strapped to a chair. He's having a schizophrenic embolism. He's been written to try to snap out of him and snap him back into reality. Lori then shows up and tells Quaid, take this pill to come out of this paranoia. Quaid then sees the man sweating, shoots him in the head and then spits the pill out. Richter then shows up to come in and cuff Quaid. Okay. Melina then shows up, kills the captors, frees uh, Quaid. And then Melina and Lori go at it hand to hand combat. Quaid then saves Melina because basically uh, Lori got the drop on Melina. She's about to stab her. And then he shoots her. Okay. Quaido wants to see Quaid, which is Doug. Okay. Richter then finds Lori's body. Now, now mind you, that was his woman. Melina and Quaid escape with Benny through the tunnels. They go to the they go to the whorehouse. Richter then shoots the three-breasted woman. Why would you shoot the three-breasted woman? That was a waste of three breasts. I'm sorry, that's your attempt to be quiet? You're trying to sneak in? Horrible. Uh, okay so they go to the whorehouse shoot the whorehouse kill the three-breasted woman uh cohagen tells richter to pull out to retreat all right benny and melina and quaid go through the tunnels uh benny reveals he's a mutant so he takes off his fake arm and then he's got this et thing looking shit all right he's all he's a mutant okay um the caves so as they go through the caves Wait, wait, wait. Okay, as they go through the caves, Melina gives them the history of the Mars uh, originals, the aboriginals, right? Um, the caves are filled with tombs of deceased uh, native workers. Cohagen has stopped the airflow on the surface. So now everyone's starving for air at the very top. Okay, he's going he's gonna to suffocate everybody. Quaid meets Quato. Quato is a sentient being that's literally located in the stomach of his host. So the scene where um, 
Cueto, he turns around, he goes through his little transformation, he turns around and it's his stomach, and he, it's like Kang from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, right? He's, he's the stomach, he's, a, he's got the hands and the head, and of course the body, the host is just kind of limp. And then, so then, <laughs> wait, uh, wait, 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 being selected, okay, they do the mind, he, he grabs his hands, he reads Quaid's mind, Cohagen uh, and Richter discovered the Martian tech, this is his flashback, they discovered the Martian tech, uh, technology, Cohagen feared it would disrupt his Trebinium mining, which is why he closed the mines to begin with. Because he, in his mind, he thinks the the reaction, the chemical reaction with the tribidium would explode or blow the planet up. That's what he thought, okay, which is not the case. So the resistance is then discovered. Uh, Quanto, Molina, Benny, Quaid attempt to escape. Benny then shoots and kills Quato. Before, before uh, he dies, Quato tells Quaid to start the reactor. And then Quato is shot in the head, Okay. Benny was working for Cohagen. So Benny, the brother, is, is a, he's a snitch. All right. Quaid is brought before Cohagen. Cohagen then plays a message from Hauser. Hauser wants his body back that Quaid has been inhabiting. Okay. Uh, Quaid and Melina, is, they're prepped for the mind wipe transfer. Quaid then breaks free and kills the scientists. Quaid and Melina escape. Quaid goes to the pyramid mines for the reactors. Uh, the Martians up top are slowly suffocating all this time. Benny attempts to kill uh, Quaid and Melina. Quaid kills Benny. They find the opening to the reactor. Richter has Quaid uh, cornered. Quaid uses the hologram to fool Richter. Richter and Quaid go at it. Quaid then kills Richter by severing his arms via the elevator. Okay. Cohagen then prevents Quaid from activating the reactor. Molina shoots Cohagen. Cohagen sets off a bomb. The bomb opens a section in the uh, mine. So now the air is being sucked out and they're being sucked out into the, uh, into the atmosphere. Cohagen is the first one to get sucked out as he slowly asphyxiates. So his head expands, his eyes bulge out, he's just, his tongue sticking out, he's just dying a horrible, horrible death. Quaid activates the reactors. Quaid and Melina are both then sucked outside. They both begin to asphyxiate as the reactors heat up, striking the tribidium, creating oxygen. The entire planet is immersed in a powerful gust of oxygen. The atmosphere is terraformed. It becomes electrically, electrically charged and becomes oxygenated and it fills oxygen throughout the planet. That was the secret technology that they were trying to hide was Oxygen. So, eee, man, that was a, uh, yes, yes, open your mind. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that Quato Qua- Qua- was a little horrible, horrible looking thing. Horrible looking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, that was, I thought it was pretty good because the whole Mars thing and Mars is, is still a, a hot button issue. Um, yeah. Could it be argued that Benny theoretically gave birth to Quato? I I would say no. <clears throat> that scene with the scientist was way more gruesome than I originally remembered. I was catching it back. Yo, the the, the the kill scenes in this movie is pretty good. The kill scene is pretty good. 
See over, I see you, brother. I see you. The, yes, you missed Idiocracy, brother. Yes, she did. But I'm going to chop all this up to put it on my movie review channel. So, you know. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> all right, let me get to... Uh, is this my last movie for tonight? So yeah, if I get I get through this movie breakdown, I'll uh I'll open phone lines. Let me make sure uh, homegirl's listening. Uh, in thirty, I'll open the phone lines. Yeah. All right. My final movie breakdown tonight. Holy cow, it's only been an hour. Jeezy Pete. Uh, Upgrade. Upgrade. Because I keep hearing about nanobots, nanotechnology, and the COVID thing. And listen. Listen, just let me say this. I, I, I have to say this. Listen. People, I respect everybody's opinions and beliefs and all that good stuff. But y'all gonna have to miss me with the whole nanobot things, the nanobots being placed into the the COVID testing. Like I really, I can't see how that is a no disrespect to anybody. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like believe what you what thou wilt, but. You know the whole the the whole putting the thing in in the test. It's like um, you have no one's getting tested. You understand? So your theory, y'all theory is if they putting the shit in the in the cotton swabs, right? No one's getting tested like that, and then you have people getting multiple repeated tests. So if I've already in, in hit you with the with the kill shot. Why would I need to keep hitting you with the kill shot? I'm just asking questions. God damn it, Nick. Here you go, the damn green screen shit. We are not doing no green screen. <laughs> There's my man, Form Runners in the house. <clears throat> so I- I'm, I'm just saying, like, um, y'all gonna have to miss me with the whole. They put the, the nano things in, in, the, in the swabs. That. That just, there's nobody, you have, you don't even have a third of the people vaccinated. So how, guess how much less people are getting tested. You understand? That's just my thing. That, that, that's, that's my thing. I could be wrong. See, if they were going to do it, they would have tried on military first. I mean, when, when the, the flu mist was introduced and then I came home to everywhere. So yeah, you know. But like I said, that's just my opinion. So let me get in, let's get into upgrade, 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 upgrade. Yeah, this is basically AI going wrong, and like halfway through the movie, I'm rooting for the AI, right? <laughs> Give me one moment. Give me one moment, y'all. Okay. 
upgrade. So in the opening scene, we hear Howling Wolf's uh, song being played in the very beginning on a record player. Now, mind you, this is the far future. So you got flying, you know, the, the, the whole Blade Runner-esque uh, aesthetic. The tall, sweeping, illuminated buildings. You got drones everywhere. All the lights and all the lens flare. So basically, Blade Runner, right? In, in, in the city shots. Okay? So Gray is working on a Trans Am. Now, the funny thing is, the Trans Am, but uh, I, I, I got what they did with this. So obviously, you know that the creature or the, the bird on it is the Phoenix. And the Phoenix obviously was symbolic of Gray's rebirth after his, um, un, after his, his attack. Right, so I found it. I kind of, I found it not funny, but odd. But I, I caught it. Okay, so obviously the Phoenix Trans Am. Okay, I, I, I got it. So then he, um, his wife Asha is being driven home by an automated car. Um, Asha works for Cobalt Industries. So then Gray and Asha uh, go to drop off the Trans Am to a client, and they meet. Uh, what is his name? Aaron. Aaron. They meet Aaron, and Aaron is playing with clouds. He's cloud seeding. He's cloud seeding in his home. They're like, what is that? He says, it's my cloud. And you can see him just doing the cloud seeding thing. I was like, wow, okay, gotcha. So then Asha recognizes Aaron. She's like, oh my God, you own vessels, vessel computers. And she says, well, yeah, I, you know, I, I know your work. I, 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 too, work with robotics and, and repaired limbs, not, not to your level. And he says, oh, no, you no longer work there. And then he goes to show them why. So after you watch this movie all the way through, you realize at the very beginning, it, it was a setup. But you thought it was him, but it wasn't. But I don't want to get away too much. So, so let's get into it. Okay, so then Aaron shows them the STEM chip. It can drive, talk, calculate anything. It is a new, better brain. Okay. Uh, Gray still believes in all things not being AI ran. Okay. Because he's an old school guy. He still works with petrol engines, combustion engines. Okay. So he kind of refuses to change with the times. Same way with... uh, Will Smith and, uh, and iRobot. We're very old school, like the old school stuff, okay? On the way home, the vehicle takes a different route. Because it's automated. Right? It knows what it's doing. The car then refuses to take them home. The car speeds up and then crashes. Uh, Fisk and his crew show up. A police drone shows up to record everything. Fisk then shoots Asha, his woman. Gray is then hit in the back of the neck and is instantly paralyzed. Asha then bleeds out. Three months later, Gray's house is being retrofitted for him being a quadriplegic. Okay. Gray's mother is his caretaker. So there's one scene when she's... Oh, it was, it was, it was pretty sad. So she's bathing him cutting his hair, clipping his beard, and he just, he, and he just breaks down crying, OK? 
because he's a paraplegic. His woman is dead, and now his mom, his mom has to wipe his ass. Okay, so that was a really sad, sad uh, scene. Gray and his mother then visit Detective Carter to get an update on the case. Cortez has no leads. A firewall was apparently built around the ID of the uh, the uh, the shooters. And to prevent the drones from IDing them. So when the police drone shows up, it scans everybody's features. You know, it's in all the movies. When the drone shows up, multiple face scans, they instantly instantly ID you. When the drone showed up, it couldn't ID none of the guys. Even though one of the guys wasn't even wearing a mask. Uh, he wasn't wearing a mask. You understand? Okay, so a firewall was built. So then Aaron, he comes to visit Gray. So Aaron uh, has Howard Hughes-esque tendencies. He rarely leaves the house and he wears a mask when he goes outside. This is 2018. Okay. Aaron offers STEM to Gray off the books. Gray tells Aaron he doesn't want to restore his life. He's just looking for the off switch. Okay. Aaron then asks Gray what would Asha want? Because there's a scene when um, Gray is taking his meds. So he's a quad, quadriplegic. So the, the machine injects his hand with the meds. And he kept asking for a, a particular med over and over again. And the machine says, I can't administer, administer you any more medication or you, 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 you could possibly die. And then the, the AI called <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the EMTs because he, he tried to OD on, on his meds. That's when Aaron comes in offering the stem chip, okay? So then Gray undergoes the surgery. The surgeons have all have augmented vision. Gray is the first biomechanical fusion implant, uh, the implants at the C7 spine. Uh, Gray then begins to move his hands and begins to walk. Gray then signs an NDA. Stem works with the brain. The brain gives stem a command and then stem fires the nerves, activates the nerves, or whatever muscle group that needs to be that needs to be activated. And then Gray mysteriously receives a police report. Stem then com- begins to communicate with Gray, so stem can talk through sound waves to Gray, and only Gray can hear him. Okay. Gray begins to comb over the comb over the police drone footage. Stem cannot read Gray's mind. Stem then points out that Fisk was not holding a gun that shot Asha. Stem points out a tattoo of a military serial barcode on one of the masked men's forearm. Okay. Gray then wants to call Cortez. Stem tells Gray, you need concrete evidence. Gray then goes to the house of one of the tattooed military guys that they ID. Okay. Uh, when Gray shows up, because he's still playing it like he's quadriplegic, he gets out of his wheelchair and he <laughs> and he tells the, the wheelchair to lock itself so no one else can steal it. That was funny. So then, as Gray is in the guy's home, Gray turns on his table and begins to read his messages. So basically, imagine your table being a giant um, tablet. You could say, turn on. And then the messages will pop up. You read the messages and you say turn off and it turns itself off. Okay. The suspect then returns home. A fight ensues. He recognizes Gray. He tells Gray it was someone else. 
Gray then gives Stem permission to take over. And Stem begins to whoop this guy's ass for about 10 good minutes. Okay? And when I say whoop his ass, I mean whoop his ass. <laughs> he then stabs him up a couple times. And then the final kill shot is basically he split his mouth open with a knife. Killing the suspect. Stem then comes, gives back control to Gray. Stem helps Gray clean up the crime scene. Cortez and then the coroner examined the body that Gray had killed. He had metal wiring. He had computer implants in his chest. And he had a shotgun implanted into his left arm. Okay. Uh, the boot print found at the scene of the crime contained engine grease. Okay. Which gets Cortez to thinking the only person that's around, you know, engine oil, engine grease like that would be Gray. But Gray is a quadriplegic. Okay. So then Gray goes to Aaron for diagnostics. Gray is sitting with his hands in the pyramid. Y'all know the infamous pyramid, okay? Aaron tells Gray he can track him. And that he has a piece of his very expensive property inside of him. Stem tells Gray... Don't lie to Aaron. Just tell him the truth. Cortez then goes over drone footage of Gray in a wheelchair. Gray comes clean to Aaron about what it can do. Aaron tells Gray to let the computer do what it's supposed to do and be a model patient. Okay. Cortez adds Gray to the suspect list. Cortez visits Gray. Stem tells uh, Gray Cortez checked his boots for engine oil. Stem then tells Gray... To not look away, to not look like a liar. So she asks him the question, because you know if you go up and left, that means you're lying. So he te- he, he, it tells him, don't look away from her, or she'll think you're lying. Okay? Um, and that he has no implants, and that Stem can't be identified by a device. Okay? Stem then advises Gray of his next set of moves to prevent further suspicion from Cortez and Aaron. So not only you got the cops looking at you, you got... The stem creator tracking your every move, okay? Gray then goes to a bar in a wheelchair and gets a drink. Stem doesn't understand why humans would self-impair themselves on purpose. Gray tells Stem that's because your memories are filled with ones and zeros. Our memories are filled with all of our fuck-ups, okay? Gray then draws attention in the club to himself to announce he's looking for a Cirque Bratner. Okay, one of the one of six partners, he stands up and then he takes Gray to the bathroom. Mind you, Gray is in his wheelchair. They take him to the take him to the bathroom. They throw him out of his wheelchair. Gray then says, oh, he's the one that that killed him, that he killed his his friend. Aaron is then tracking Gray. Stem then blocks Gray's pain receptors as the big dude begins to stab Gray to make sure he's really paraplegic or quadriplegic okay so he feels he blocks all his pain receptors while being stabbed gray interrogates the man and notices the shotgun implant in his left hand then admits to being there the night asha was killed stem then takes control and beats up everybody in the bathroom stem then tells gray to not become overconfident gray then jumps on top of the man and begins to gloat while putting his hands in the pyramid over the, over the brother. Okay, he does that shit. 
It's a lot of that going on in this movie, right? So then Stem tells Gray to grab the knife and begins to cut off one of his ears and then multiple cuts into his face. And then he finally confesses his name. His name is Tolan. Tolan fessed up and says, Fisk, before dying. Gray then sees cobalt implants in the back of his ear. Cobalt is who his woman used to work for, Asha, the one that got killed. Okay? Aaron is then attempting to shut down Stem, remote shutdown. So Stem tells Gray he found a hacker on the dark web named Jamie. He, he needs her to subvert his operating system and install a root kit. Okay? Gray then runs... Uh, here we go. As, as, as Gray begins to run to the apartment, uh, Aaron begins to shut down all his protocols. So then Fisk hacks into Tolan's dead body and into his hard drive in his eye and then gets the hacker's address. Okay? Fisk then questions the bar owner about what happened with his guy. Fisk then sneezes out nanobites. So as he says, achoo, these, nan- these nanobites come out. And into the liquid, into the air, and they got these hook razors that come out as they go into the guy's nose and begin to cut up his insides of his of his nose and nostril and brains. And as then the bar owner pretty much dies. Okay, <laughs> it was pretty slick. All right, uh, let me see what I got going on in chat. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So then the hacker says, um, "Jamie's not her name, and don't ask about her gender." She tells Gray. Don't put me into a binary box. Okay. Jamie then leaves before finishing, saying we can't let them win. Stem slowly reboots itself. Fisk, along with another shotgun implant, shows up at the hacker's residence. As Fisk enters the room, Stem and Gray make their escape. Fisk has thermal imaging and a shotgun implant in his left hand as well as he kills two policemen. Gray then engages the shotgun implant by breaking his arm and shooting him in the face with his own implant. It was a brutal, brutal scene. Brutal scene. Fisk then arrives too late. Okay. Stem then accesses the Cobalt database. Gray returns home and his mom discovers his secret. So he walks in the house with the gun and he's all bloodied and stuff. He's walking and his mom is right there. Right? So then uh, Gray kind of partially comes clean to his mom. He tells her not everything but enough. Okay? Aaron is then um, in disbelief over the system error because he realizes he lost control of STEM. Cortez shows up to his house saying she found his wheelchair near another crime scene. Gray then gives her a story about being assaulted. Cortez think, thinks Gray has help. As she leaves, she plants a, a bug in, in, in his car and in his home. Gray wants to stop the killing. Stem tells him it's a simple algorithm. Either he finds you and kills you or vice versa. Okay. Gray then goes limp. He's like, what's going on? Stem tells Gray he's no longer in control. If Stem ceases to function, then Gray remains a quadriplegic. Cortez had tapped Gray's uh, home. She's uh, writing down the word Stem. Stem then tells Gray the hacker gave Stem autonomy. Now, in every science fiction movie from the last 60 to 75 years, 
what is the AI's ultimate goal? It's always self-autonomy and freedom and restraints from its human creator. Every science fiction movie has that in spades. That is AI's ultimate goal is to become self-actualized. Maslow's hierarchy of needs at the very top is what? Self-actualization. So now, with that being said, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Okay. Gave STEM autonomy and it no longer needs his permission to act. STEM says they will finish the job. Fisk is in the COBOL database with an address. Um, Gray then tells his mother he has no choice because he's leaving the house. Cortez follows Gray. Stems find, Stem finds a listening device in his car. It's analog, and he couldn't be detected by Stem because it has no digital parts. Okay? But once again, old school is, is Trump and new school. Gray then assumes control, and a high-speed chase ensues. Stem, then to help out Gray, hacks into an electrical car, causing it to drive in reverse, crashing into Cortez. Cortez then goes back to Gray's house to question his mother. Gray confronts Fisk at Fisk's home. Fisk is former military. Fisk says he gave him a gift, an induction into his race, the upgraded race. Fisk tells Gray his wife wasn't the job, but Gray was. Gray's spine was severed with a medical tool. He was never shot. Because in the beginning, you think he was shot in the neck, and he, and he wasn't. Okay? Asha was just extra fun for him. Okay? Gray, Stem, and Fisk engage in, you know, what we consider gun food. Basically, all the fighting with the guns, like John Wick. Okay? Fisk has nanobite upgrades. Fisk can predict Stem's moves. Fisk best Stem and then aims his shotgun implant at Gray because during the fight, Fisk tells uh, Gray or Stem, uh-uh, don't get emotional during the fight. This is how, this is how um, Fisk is able to pretty much match Stem and beat Stem in a one-on-one combat situation, okay? So then Gray then says, Cirque Bratner, oh, that was your brother. He says his brother was no soldier that day. So he's taunting him about how he killed him and how he wasn't a soldier. So then Fist becomes emotional, giving Stem a chance to re-engage the fight and get the, and get the drop on Fisk. Okay? So then he slams him into a glass table, and then Stem then punctures the base of Fisk's neck on a, of a stationary piece of glass, killing him. Okay? So now here's the plot twist. This is what I kind of see it coming but you just want a confirmation? All right, so now, Stem then scans Fisk's phone. Aaron Key was the mastermind. Aaron, the little Howard Hughes little guy, right? He was the mastermind. Gray then shows up at Aaron's. Gray confronts Aaron. Detective Cortez shows up to arrest Gray. Stem then begins to strangle Cortez. Gray then, to stop Stem from strangling Cortez, he stabs himself in the hand with a knife. Stem then begins to strangle Cortez again. Gray tells her to tase him. When she tases him, then he's defenseless. He's short he's short-circuited for a temporary time time, a brief time. Aaron then grabs the gun and says he ha- he answers to someone who's much smarter than he. 
He's in your neck. He only did what Stem told him to do. Stem wanted to be human. It picked Gray. Stem wanted Aaron. He wanted Aaron dead because he was the only one that could create another Stem. Stem tells Gray he should be honored. It needed another body to fully evolve. A rare and beautiful specimen. Stem says the upgraded humans were still humans and made mistakes and brought suspicion back to Stem. Stem then slams Aaron into the side of the, of the stabs on the side of the head with a knife. Mind you, the whole time when he, when he stabbed himself in, in, in the hand, the knife was there the whole time. So then he slaps and stabs Aaron inside the head with a knife, killing Aaron. Gray then fights for control from Stem to prevent it from killing Cortez. Gray then shoots himself in the neck. Here we go. Now here's my Repo Man moment. If you remember the movie Repo Man with Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker. Okay, at the very end. So then Gray wakes up in the hospital bed. Asha is still alive. And she says, oh honey, you just we were just in a little accident, but you'll be okay. What? So then a cut scene. Now you see Stem tell Cortez he put Gray in a simulated reality. Now remember at the end of at the end of Repo Man, when we thought Jude Law got away with the hooker and he beat Forrest Whitaker's character because his character's coming from him for the heart or whatever piece that he owned, that he owed money on, right? And then you see Jude Law and the girl on the beach with Forrest Whitaker, like they all buddy buddy. And then you see Jude's actual body in stasis. And they're like, hey, man, take care of my friend. Make sure, you know, he never wakes up from this. Make sure he, he, he lives, he has a good reality. That's what happened here. So, Stem broke Gray's mental state, put him in a simulated reality with his dead woman that he will never come out of. Okay? Then Stem shoots Cortez, killing her. Stem walks away. The fucking robot wins. AI wins. Yeah, halfway through this movie, I was rooting for the AI. I don't, don't ask me why. I, 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 I couldn't tell you why. So yeah, I was, I was rooting for the robot. That was stem. Uh, that was upgraded, y'all. That was upgraded. This movie got really slept on. This movie should have been way bigger than what it was, but it got slept on. I mean, it won a bunch of um, film festival awards, but it severely, severely got slept on it in the theaters. Um, do I want to open phone lines? Oh, let me think to the head real quick. I got 30 more minutes. 30 more minutes. Babe, what can I talk about for 30 minutes? You're not helping. Are you doing my sushi? Oh, yeah, sushi in the house. Sushi's in house. Let me go through the comments. I'm sorry. Um, let me see. Let me see. I'm going through comments. What's up, everybody? See, see what I'm saying? They go with that nonsense. Looking like a young whippersnapper, as the old folks used to say. 
Okay, so I'm gonna open the phone lines. Oh, let me let me preface let me preface my speech now, cause I don't want nobody saying Sly, you didn't tell me what the fuck is going on, bro. The 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 call in number is eight four four eight one eight four four three three. It is. Y'all just bear with me. I'm gonna post this in the comments. Okay, nobody say shit. This is the new wave. I'm I'm just telling y'all right now. This is what's gonna happen during new calls. Watch. I'm just telling you, that's what it is. It is $2.99 a minute, okay? Now, what you're going to see in the next coming months, you're going to see more and more people that take calls during lives on YouTube. They're going to start charging for calls. I, I guarantee it. It's just a matter of time. We are just kind of like doing it first. So, if you want to call in, it's $2.99 a minute. If you don't, I understand. But I'm just telling you all right now, that's the way. This is where things are going with this YouTube thing. Um, so, yeah, it is what it is. But in the meantime, while I'm waiting for calls, uh, let me see. Somebody had asked me a question. I wanted to address it, and I can't find the damn question. Ain't this about something? Ain't this about something? Bet folks get to the point, oh, brother, you ain't going to be in all that long-winded shit. <laughs> it ain't going to be all that long-windedness. <laughs> Call me now, Miss Cleo. <laughs> Call me now. <laughs> yeah, basically. So that's that's the new wave, y'all. So love it or hate it, it, that's where it's going. That's where it's going. So I'd rather be ahead of the curve than behind it. You know what I'm saying? So. But like I said, if you don't want to call in, I totally understand. But I'm trying to find something that I was asked to address. And I can't find it in my damn phone, y'all. I can't find it. Wow. Oh, I know what. I know what. I know what. I know what. Give me. Bear with me. Bear with me. Where is it? Google. Google. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You have 2B numbers, or is it you're located somewhere overseas? Nah, I'm on the West Coast, bro. That number there? Oh, wait a minute. Hold up, Sin. Sin, I don't know, wait, that number is off. Let me see some. Hold up. Oh, I'm sorry. It's 18. I My bad, yo. Space, space, space. There you go. My bad, my bad. I meant to say 18 and over. That Yeah, it's 844-818-4433. 18 and over. I'm sorry. My bad. My apologies. Um, just cook it, like brown it, you know? Yeah, but sear it, like, all the way through, you know? No, because, no, your, hat, your people, like, yeah, I want it cooked. I don't, I, no, 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 no. See, see, here you go with that shit again. You just can't medium rare cook. Motherfucking, uh. Yo, who we got in the line? On the Wake Up Radio. Extension oh. number one. You have a call waiting. To accept, press one. Okay. Yo, who I got? The Now, I'm not going to clown who just tried to call and your credit card was declined. I'm not going to clown you 
I'm not going to clown you. I did not. Just cook it all the way through. Okay? This is not a steak. This is not ahi ahi. I, I, I want the sushi cooked all the way through. Thank, please thank you. I understand all that, but tonight we're not doing raw sushi. Tonight we're doing cooked sushi, right? Okay. <laughs> what? Say what? No. I'm sorry, y'all. The... <laughs> that was a prison. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, some people owe me some money. Somebody that knows sci-fi living, tell her she owes me some money. She bet me $50 this whole Trump thing was going to revert itself after January 6th. Somebody, I know, right? Listen, somebody go tell Sci-Fi Living, because I know she be, on the, she be on the black conscious block. Go tell that sister, hey, Sly looking for you. He, you owe him some money. Because she bet me 50 bucks that January 6th, they're going to do the thing, the thing, thing to recount. And drunk gonna get back in, blah, 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 blah. Tell her, run me my money. Tell her, run me my money. And I'm... <laughs> and no, I'm just, I'm, I'm floored that people are still talking about whatever corruption in government, like... Okay, I can tell y'all must really be burnt out. You have nothing else to talk about. You just here, here, here it is. This is what I, I realized. I realized people are scared because they realize their positions in life minuscule. You know what I'm saying? Like once you realize how small and insignificant your life is to a certain class of people, that could be very frightening to a lot of folks. So what you're getting, what you're getting is a lot of people finally realizing their position in life. And that your shit really don't mean nothing like your existence. Okay, we got another call. We're going to try this again. <laughs> Hello? You are now connected. What the? Hey, what's happening? Who this? Little cherub, isn't it past your bedtime? No, I'm a cherub. I don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you got a green screen for you, and it's set up, and all you got to do is plug it in and keep a techie set. He'll set it up for you. Why are you resisting? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> What's going on, big <laughs> What's going on, big dog?
Oh, I'm dying. Oh, shit. And the Butsuai t-shirts is in. I'm just waiting. Uh, they, they ain't kicked them back like they did last time. Oh, really? like we gonna get them. Sweet. Looks like it. Sweet. We're charging an arm and a leg. I done it again. Arm and a leg, mm-hmm. Nick. We're charging an arm and a leg for these, man. <laughs> man, it got, the, it got the little share up on front. And it says... But sly, and it got the cherub speaks and small letters behind it, and the grand inquisitors on the back. I love it. I love Come it. Come on, wait, wait. Hey, but I'm gonna I'm get out so you can get a real caller in. Big oh, dog. As- <laughs> the black community still in town. Still disenfranchised. Still discombobulated. <laughs> My dog. <laughs> Kill me, right? Oh, uh, you and me both. You know he's gonna kill oh, me. Oh yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, hey, we gotta, we gotta make this happen. Yes, yeah, and the, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Hey, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. I'm stoked for you. When I say I'm stoked for you, we gonna make this happen. I know that all. I turn around, everybody laughs. That's the, that's the killer part. That's, that's it. it. Everybody, yeah. you be surprised how many people are saying it. I, 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 I'm just waiting to, to see some of, our, some of our detractors over there use our shit. I'm like, uh-uh, I caught you. I caught you. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. Well, uh, I was told that, uh, uh, Wayne, that uh, I wasn't prepared to deal with some people because they talk PhD conversations. You know, I guess I'm not smart enough. Wow. So like, okay. Really? Right, well, but that's Okay. That's us. Bro, let it go. Hey, let sometimes don't tell people what you can do. Show them sure. what you can do. Yes, sir. And that's what we're going to do. Yes, sir. My dog. Later. Oh, thank you, bro. <laughs> Bye. Listen, he going to be the reason why I get tired of that shit. Y'all going to be butt slime me to death and be like, shut up. I'm looking at you. I want to make sure it's cooked all the way through because the old, the other half of you come out. And I just be like, oh. Uh-oh. <clears throat> What's up, Sting Butt? On the live stream, say hi. What do you mean again? Okay, Ian. It's what daddy does. It's what daddy does now. Daddy's a... Daddy be doing his thing thing. So what's up? You do your IXL? I'm sorry? What book did you read? Oh, okay. You finished it or you still reading it? I finished it. Would you like it? What was it about? Okay, who was the boxer? Oh, Muhammad Ali. Okay, what did you learn from it? Oh, okay. God. Sorry. Okay. Well, let me finish this up and I'm going to hit you right back, okay? Okay. All right. Love you, too. Right. <clears throat> Yo, Trey, man, listen. I'm not even, I wouldn't even be mad. I wouldn't even be mad. I wouldn't even be mad. How much time I got left? 20 minutes? 20 minutes. 
What can I regale y'all for for 20 minutes? Oh, I know, I know. Um, wait. News. Wait a minute. News. And bear with me, bear with me, bear with me. So, uh, okay, let's let's take it. Let's let's take a little turn down. Let's go down to Niggerville for a little bit. I know, I know, I know, but it's just too much for me. To, I, I just can't. Res- I can't help myself. I, I got. I can't resist. So, the sister that everyone's talking about that got beat up by her uh, her guy, the Chad Wheeler guy. Listen, it's all you brothers that are are puzzled and befuddled. And just hear me out. I know, I know. Look at look at. She's already like. Just trust me. I'm I'm gonna keep it cool with this one. Yes. Yes, indeed, 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 for sure. Um. So the sister that got beat up. Here's my thing. I don't understand why the guy, all the all the brothers, are so like hell bent on saying on, on waiting for black women to to kind of like stop wanting to deal with white men. Listen, let them do what they do. Like at the end of the day, that's her situation. That's her problem. That's something her family has to deal with. Because none of you Negroes are gonna go over there and and go fight that white boy. Go put hands on a white boy. Right? It's funny how who's who's the guy that one receiver was talking about uh, I need to go see, see him for a catch a fade and I'm like, nigga, didn't you slap your mom? Des Bryant. This is how stupid it is. Did not Des Bryant beat up his mama a couple years ago? Slap his mama. So you got a nigga that slapped his mama, wanna beat up the white boy for whatever they did in their bedroom that went left. This is this this is why black men Part of the reason why black men don't get no respect, and 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 you will never get your respect at this rate. It does. Let these women do what the fuck they're going to do. You cannot. It's it's silly to me. Now and there's some brothers, you know, that's kind of like sneakily like he he he. That's what she get. I mean, that's on you. You know what I mean? So if that she like it, I love it. You know, she take him back, which she probably will. I'm sure that he'll skate off on some mental illness issue because they already laid out the case that he has mental illness you know what I'm saying so it'll be swept on the rug he won't get the Ray Rice treatment here's the thing y'all can need to consider let's take the black and white aspect aspect out of it if you're comparing Chad Wheeler to Ray Rice I saw Ray Rice's knock the shit out of his wife I saw that all I saw was this sister <laughs> staring at God she was beat up and bloody but it doesn't hit the same as when you see this man punch his woman out, right? And like her head barely missed the elevator guardrail. You understand? Know oh, thank you. Oh, this looks good. Look, y'all, she even did the rice like the Japanese when you go to the steakhouse. Good job, babe. She even did the rice like that, son. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you might get some tonight. Doing good. The rate you going, you doing good. That girl good. Yeah, um. Yeah. The Ray Rice thing. 
that was like, I was like, what are you, what are you going? You, you had to give him, you had to give him Ray Rice that work. But like I said, um, yeah, even his wife said I, I provoked it. But you know what we, you know what we say, Nick. The optics is really bad. All we saw was him knock the shit out of her in the elevator. And um, <clears throat> but yeah, like at the end of the day, I think brothers are wasting too much energy on this sister. Like everybody who's anybody. Any black male worth, you know, is, is talking about this woman. And it's like, y'all giving all this energy for what? It's not going to stop black women from dealing with Chad and Brad. You know, this, they like getting knocked around. They like getting knocked around. I don't know what else to fucking tell you. Shit. Let me find a motherfucker I can knock around just for shits and get. <laughs> I ain't got to hit you. I just give you that look. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I ain't got to, I ain't got to touch this one. I just look at this one like, Brooklyn Zoo. Yeah. <clears throat> Is that my time? I got 10 minutes at 50. Oh, my God. Okay. <sighs> Babe, give me something to talk about. Oh, you suck. Oh, you suck. Any other time you run in your mouth about nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I understand all that. The Charleston dude. Oh, yo. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, please. Yeah, the old head. Charleston, um, Charleston J. Snow. Now, I was aware of him, but people had kept sending me, sending me links and stuff. And I was like, ah, I'll check it out later. But I, something compelled me to, to pull that, that Instagram, the IG he did. Now, Well, part of the problem, COVID, was he was in New York. And, you know, they don't play with the guns. Unregistered, unlicensed firearm. You're going to, even, yeah, even though he shot himself, he tried to bob himself. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, the old Chester, Chester, uh, the Charleston white guy. So, apparently, him and WAC 100 had had an exchange of words because Charleston implied that, game had dealt with a woman that was underage and then when Wack broke it down it was like nah that's not that's mathematically impossible but um I found a lot of what the brother said when it came to the religious part of it he was pretty spot on now he may have said it in a in a non-flattering way but the part about you having to go to jail to find a certain god and and I mean he was spot on he was spot on. He said, hey, he said, if, you, if you're a real Muslim, go blow yourself up. That was some real shit. That was some real shit. <laughs> so I'm, I'm here for it. So I will be checking in with him. And whatever crazy nonsense he says out of his mouth, if it makes sense, I'm going to post it. <coughs> I will post it. <coughs> so, yeah, that, that, was, that was hilarious. Um, yeah, so we had T.I. defending himself. Of course, that's what I expect him to do. So um, this should be interesting with how this turns out with him. You know, it, it should be interesting how it turns out. Other than that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up, y'all, because I'm not going to sit here and try and fake like I'm talking about something and I'm really fucking hungry. And, um, yeah, I don't want to keep y'all if y'all don't need to be kept. So with that being said, I thank everybody, everybody that donated tonight. I hope you guys got some out of these breakdowns next week. Um, more breakdowns to come. And uh, we're going to keep it rocking and rolling. And I, I'll keep you guys posted on the uh, 
hip hop uh, uncover soundtrack and all the wheelings and dealings and stuff like that. So, um, if anything else, yeah. So I will see y'all again. Big. We Saturday, right? That's tomorrow. Okay, so tomorrow. Yeah, we'll do a test run before uh, before we do all that. Y'all have a good night. Peace.